0: Don't judge people for you know what you know they look like, and if you see if someone in a wheelchair, don't automatically you know make assumptions about them because we're all normal people. We don't just wanna live our normal, our normal life and have fun. And when you know someone comes up to us and doesn't treat us like a normal human, it's it's not fun. So, yeah, I think, you know, if you see somebody who looks a little bit different
1: than you, oh, that's all it is. It just looks. uh Excited for today's episode. I uh, want to say thanks to our friends at Physiotech. Hey, would adding an additional 290 bucks per patient per quarter help your business? It's rhetorical. Of course it would. Uh, remote therapeutic monitoring. You might have heard about RTM. It can do that. But where do you get started? You don't know? How do you get started? How does it work? Is it it a lot of work? Relax. I know you have those questions. Let's answer them. Uh, Find out how to get started with RTM at physiotech.ca. That's physio tec.ca. They'll get you all hooked up. Our friends at ATI, keeping the show on the air, one of the leaders in clinical research within the uh, professional physical therapy, that's ATI, with uh, more than 900. ATI clinics placing the 100th percentile in CMS's merit-based incentive program for the second consecutive year. Go to atipt.com if you want to join their team and jumpstart your new career. And our friends at MW Therapy delivering a modern all-in-one outpatient PT EMR with the built-in patient portal, marketing automation, and billing features you want at a great value you deserve. Mwtherapy.com or switching your EMR is easy today's episode. I'm pumped. I met these two guys by accident. Love how this happens. Uh, I meet I met Peyton and Drew through through another event I was working with with Logitech and Mount Sinai Hospital, and it had to do with an esports tournament, video game tournament, competitive video gaming, right? And then I get to talk. And of course, when I get on the phone with people, tell me about you, yada yada. Turns out they're both on USA Power Wheelchair Soccer Team. How cool is this? I'm talking to two USA Power Wheelchair Soccer players. I don't even know Power Wheelchair Soccer was a thing. So I'm like, tell me more. I got to tell people about this. You get some really cool insight from from athletes who played a crazy high level doing a sport maybe you don't know about, and maybe you know people in your community or pe- people that you treat that would love to get involved in this sport. Didn't know it existed? Well, now you do, and we get to go inside that. With Peyton Drew, Just a lot of insight into this. I love getting the perspective of people who have seen physical therapists. You hear from Drew in the episode. He saw PT once a week, every week from first grade to 12th grade. So how do you have better insight than that, than from people who are on the receiving end of physical therapy services? You're going to just have just, I mean, the insight is invaluable. So some lessons we learned about a sport I didn't know existed until I talked to these guys. And then we're also going to have to talk to them again because the World Championships are coming up in just a couple of months. So uh, with no further ado, Peyton and Drew on the PT (laughs) Pipe. How do you not get hyped with an intro video hey, like that I'm and kidding. as i pushed play on the intro video i was like i forgot to pour my, i usually pour my beer first and i was I'm like oh, I better to hurry up and do that so anyway <laughs> uh gentlemen welcome to the show it's peyton and andrew uh welcome guys
2: thanks for having us uh
1: yeah, first questions you. first questions we get out of the way are always the hardest uh what are we drinking today if anything because we are doing this in the middle of the afternoon like middle of the day
2: true i'll let you go thanks
0: I got myself a night.
1: Nice, uh, you get the banquet beer.
0: It's from Golden, Colorado, kind of local, kind of not.
1: <laughs> Core Banquet, yeah, but you can't get that outside of Colorado very easily.
0: No, so whenever I see
1: that, like, that sort of yellowish, amberish can, I'm like, you because I got one that looks like that, but it's just silver, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So you can get this pretty much anywhere, but you can't get that pretty much. That's no, the banquet beer, man. What's well, different? Yeah. What's different about that? Like, what, what is the difference between what you're having and what I'm having? Like,
0: probably nothing.
2: <laughs> it's
1: probably a it's probably a can. You're probably right. I don't know.
2: They sold them on the marketing for sure,
1: and I bought in. Uh, Peyton, what do you got? If anything, um, nothing right now. I
2: actually, uh, it sounds like my assistant just walked in, but I'll probably have a uh, founders all day IPA going. Love yeah. You
1: know, I, I, I disliked IPAs for the longest time, and this is always how it happens. I went to a party, and that's all they had, so you're yeah. like, well, what am I going to do? And then I left the party, like, like love I was like, okay, I like IPAs now, so maybe it's yeah. just, it's exposure therapy.
2: Yeah, but the, all days are a session, so it's, like, a little lighter, uh, which yeah. is nice. So I got the, the silver bullet.
1: So cheers to you, gentlemen. Thanks for coming on the show.
2: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having us. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, first round is brought to you by Owens Recovery Science, the single source for PTs looking for certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. Johnny and the guys uh, doing BFR training for the major sports, the colleges, the universities, the military—you name it—if it's BFR, nationally, internationally, he's the guy. Owensrecoveryscience.com. dot com. So we actually cross paths. Um, uh, with with my day job, right, at Mount Sinai, and you guys were are, are entering this really cool, I've talked about this before on the podcast, I think it's a really cool, innovative event, PTs especially think it's a cool, innovative event, essentially, it's a, a Logitech adaptive eSport tournament, where Mount Sinai, we get to sort of, like, be the PTs for it, and, like, rank athletes, but I explain it as... Are shot at creating an online kind of e-sport Paralympics, right? Where it's like we stage athletes and then you just compete, right? So, what you guys were comp- you guys are competitors? What drew you to that? I want to set the stage, which is like what drew you to competing in esports.
2: You want to go first? Hey, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, Drew and I have known each other for a long time, playing power wheelchair soccer. Uh, so we've been teammates for what, 15, 20 years almost now, Drew? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, we play a game called Rocket League um, just, you know, for fun um, when, we're, when we're not training or doing our day-to-day live stuff. Um, and uh, Drew is very good at Rocket League. I am very average. <laughs> uh, so this was, uh, you know, we saw a tournament. There was, there was money on the line. And I was there like, is. let me exploit Drew and try yes. to make some money. Um, and that's pretty much the that's pretty much it. it. was like let me use Drew's superior skill in rocket League to try to get a little bit of cash
1: just milk uh, it, man
2: which was cool, um, but we ended up getting smoked um, so,
1: yeah it's crazy of a level of some of the I mean you you know you put a game in front of someone and there's an, it's a bell curve, right? There's people yeah. who are going to fall the mm-hmm. mill and there's people who are going to be on the bleeding right edge who are just going to yeah. be... It's like they have the same controllers, and they're playing the same game with the same rules and the same physics, and they can just do stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah
2: for sure.
1: What about, what about you, Drew?
0: Um, I've been playing video games since I can remember. Uh, my, I had a make-a-witch, a make-a-witch back probably when I was like four or five. And what I asked for was an ori- the original Xbox and a flat screen TV and I got picked, I got picked up from like you know second grade in a limo back to my house. I was playing Xbox all day, and then you know, you know, I just years on playing video games all day long. Um, it was. You know, mainly Call of Duty for a while, but then Rocket League came out, and I was like, this is awesome. It's like, we used to, me and Peyton, and a few other friends, we used to always say, Rocket League is like power soccer, except you can fly. Uh, Yeah. So it's very similar to, you know, the sport me and Peyton play. And, again, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> I de- I, de- I dedicated quite a bit of time to try to huh. be a professional league player. You know, that didn't pan out, but, you know, at least I'm still decent at the game. So
1: that's kind of mm-hmm. how I uh, came into the tournament that we played in. Well, so th- this is sort of like art imitating life, which is I ran into you guys for this Rocket League, this Logitech tournament, right? And then when I jump on as a physical therapist, I'm supposed to look at you know range of motion and shoulder and strength mm-hmm. and all that as much as I can over Zoom. But I, I'm a PT and I can't help it. I'm like, hey man, like tell me about what you do and whatever. And then I find out that you guys do power wheelchair soccer. And I got to be honest, I don't even know power wheelchair soccer was a thing. We have a weekly or biweekly meeting at Logitech, and I sort of, like, tell people little backstories. I'm like, dude, there's these two guys, and they play power wheelchair soccer. And everybody was like – half the group was like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. And the other half was like, didn't know that was a thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's an opportunity at least. I've recognized not everybody knows what that is. It's a chance to sort of let people know. So – In the best way to explain it, besides the obvious, because you have power wheelchair and soccer in there, but talk to me about this, because you guys have been doing this. Who are you playing against? How's it work? Like, give Mm -hmm. me the soup to nuts.
2: Yeah. um, Drew, cool if I take this one? Yeah. Payton Payton
0: is the reason I started playing, so he he can take this one away.
2: Yeah. So, um, obvious, like you said, uh, wheelchair soccer, uh, we're, we're power chair athletes or power chair users. So, um, we have everyday chairs, big clunky bastards that don't really, um, work as well as they could, um, don't really hold the charge or, or go super fast. Um, they're kind of slow. Um, and, um, power soccer is a sport that, or soccer in general, you know, is a sport that you, you want to use speed and agility to uh, advance the ball up and down field uh, in our case we play on a, a gym court so or like a, a basketball court yeah. um so um at this point in power soccer it's it's pretty evolved now and there's specific wheelchairs um called strike forces uh, made by a shop called uh, the power soccer shop based in uh outside of minneapolis minnesota um and uh these chairs are are badass lean machines that are low to the ground they uh have a they have a big metal guard around the front of, front of it, so that's how you move the ball around. You play with an oversized soccer ball; it's 13 inches in diameter. Um, and um, we have a big metal guard around the footplates of our chair. And uh, uh, like Drew was saying, uh, in Rocket League, uh, you can fly around uh, to hit the ball, or in soccer, you can you know jump up and hit the ball with your head or anything uh, stuff like that. But in Power Soccer, the ball has to stay on the ground. Uh, we get moving really quick. Uh, there's a there's a speed. Speed limit at uh, 6.2 miles an hour, which sounds slow, uh, but when you have four chairs buzzing around a uh, buzzing around a basketball court, it ends up moving pretty quick. And we use, um, yeah, exactly. That's a strike force wheelchair right there. So you got the big guard on the front. This uh, is
1: aggressive.
2: Yeah, it is. It's, re- it's really aggressive. Uh, things get moving pretty quick too. Uh, and um, you know, you would think looking at this, it's the front of the guard. Uh, you you kind of picture picture. Uh, pushing the ball with the front of your guard going 6.2 miles an hour, but that's not really what it's about. Uh, the real way to play is through uh, like a spin kick. So you use uh, centrifugal force of your chair spinning um, and the ball flies off of guards. Um,
0: really. You know, yeah.
2: Yeah. So uh, the big move is called a spin kick. So you can do it a uh, 90 degree spin kick, 180 where you're like flipping the chair all the way around 270. Um, we're, it's a lot of spatial awareness and timing with your sure. team, with the ball. Um, and there's special rules about spacing. So you can't be too close to your teammates. You really got to space the floor out um, and, um, and pay attention to, uh, to where you are on the court, where the ball is, where the uh, opponents are. Uh, we'd like to say that, you know, soccer is not a contact sport, but there is contact. Yeah. I mean, um, of course, and, is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at these things. They're like, yeah, bars, uh, except way more badass. Um, and uh, so, some, some, players um better than others can kick the ball really really hard uh a couple of our teammates on team usa uh, can smoke the ball and the ball will get going you know at 20 30 miles an hour easy no problem um so yeah talk,
1: talk to me about so you're playing on a, on a basketball court talk to me about logistics players on a team uh like talk to me about like you know like the strategy of it and and, and like the, those kind of logistics how many out there at one time and whatnot.
2: Yeah. So there's a, there, like I was saying that the spacing, there's also spacing with the goalie. So it's a goalie and then three up players. Um, but there can be one other, there can be the goalie defending the goal and then one other, uh, person on the same team in the, in the goal box. And you don't have to worry about spacing in, uh, in the defensive zone. Yeah. Uh, so you can kind of come together and like protect a lot of the goal. Um, but it makes it tricky because it's usually three on two on uh, when you're on defense. Um, so yeah, you know, there's a lot of really intricate strategies and uh, different stuff like that. But um, but you know, essentially, it's just uh, communicating with your team and um, practicing the timing and making sure that you know you know where to be and where, where the ball can end up. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, Drew, uh, what what excites you about playing this game? How long you've been you've been doing it?
0: Uh, I'm 23 now. I've been playing since I was five. So, oh wow! Whatever that is. Whatever
1: math that is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was I have a twin brother, an older sister. Um, my sister didn't you know do sports, but she did ballet, and then my brother obviously we're twins, so I'm we're, we're going through school together. You know, once middle school kids, sports star. He, you know, played. He was well. My dad was a, big, was a big baseball fan, so my brother started playing baseball in little league. I actually played little league for a little bit. while, while I could still kind of stand up. I mean, I I wasn't playing. I was standing there, you know. Just I would just stand there. I wasn't gonna do anything. Trust me. I drank. I, Trust me, I dreamed about diving at I, I played third base. I dreamed about, you know, making a diving stop. Never happened. <laughs> um but so I kinda stopped doing that because I couldn't do it. And then I heard I heard about, you know, a few other things mm-hmm. and like Does everybody win in those? Yeah, like, and turn like into baseball. Yeah, they do. And Power Soccer was the first you know, sport I came across designed specifically for people mainly in power chairs. You don't have to be in a power chair to play power soccer, um, but you have to use a power chair to play. So if you don't have one, you have to get one. But it was the first sport that was like truly competitive. You either win or you lose, there's no in between. And like, once you're out on the court, it's you. You know most of us i'll speak for myself i have you know caregivers and stuff that you know help me out with basic life necessities stuff like that but once you get in your you know chair to play power soccer you get on that court there's nobody it's you and only you if you mess up you mess up that's on you if you score a goal to win a game good job. That's on you. There's nobody else. It's just you. And there's not many um, instances outside of power soccer in my life that where it's just me doing something. So that was what really, um, that was the, the biggest thing for me. It was just the independence and the fact that, you know, it's just me out there. I have to figure it out. No one's going to help me
1: with this. I never thought about that. Never thought about that.
2: Yeah, it's a a big thing. We hear it all the time in Adapt Sports and Power Soccer, um, the idea of independence. And I have a very similar story to Drew. You know, I I grew up, uh, my family's really athletic. My sister ended up being a three-sport D1 athlete. Um, And, um, you know, all my friends growing up played played soccer and basketball and, um, we would like, I would hang out with my friends down the street and we would adapt games and I would, you know, uh, to, so I could play as well. But, uh, when it came to organized sports, I was finding myself on the sideline watching and like, you know, cheering for them and getting excited, but it wasn't the thrill that Drew was talking about of like right. being out there and being responsible for your team. Um, and then, you know, power soccer just kind of really opened up my brain, um, because of that, uh, because of those feelings.
1: Well, I feel like you also both touched on, like, hey, I recognize even as a young age, like, I didn't want to just be out there and everybody wins. Like, I wanted to be responsible Mm -hmm. for for losing, which is a terribly valuable lesson. Like, I the only way you get better is by, like, I mean, I play beer league soccer, by the way. So when you're talking about spacing and you're not allowed to be, can you please, I'm going to make sure my beer league.
2: (laughs) Call us in. in. Call us in.
1: They ju- well, here's the problem. We all just clump up. I'm like, why are there three guys in the corner? I'm like, They're- spread out, damn it. So anyway, uh, that's just my own. That's what me. That's me and Peyton at Rocket League. We're all just in the <laughs> Right. Spread out. Yeah. Right, but, but the only way I think you learn to spread out or to do the thing that you're bad at is to get scored on and be like – and feel that burn – and then go. Okay, I don't want to feel that burn, so I'm not going to do that again. Or when I go to do that again, or I think that I'm going to go. Remember that. Don't do that. We don't like that. I want to be better than that. And if you don't, if you don't have that, that's that's a loss. So this this I feel yeah. like this maybe gave you that the opportunity to get burned yeah. in a good way because like now I'm going to not get burned.
0: I have a, a quick story. Yeah. I'm not sure if Peyton's gonna. I don't like this story. Uh so I don't think Peyton's gonna like this story but um, we were so me and Peyton played for for a team called TNY United and you know we have a national tournament every year we won the national tournament in 2015 and it was like one of the greatest feelings I've ever had I mean I mean we were the best team in the United States and you know it just, like, we we have been playing for so long, trying to do that, you know, going up the ranks. And, like, we're finally here. We did it. Uh, I mean, amazing Such We had a great night. We had a banquet. It was just, it was amazing. And then, um, come 2017, which was the last World Cup team that me and Peyton were on, we were in the final. Um, it was Team say versus Team France, and we lost. We came in second place in the World Cup, and I was 18 at the time. And I cannot, I, was, I, I like, I cannot explain to you how devastated I was. I still feel it. I, I, I still think about it. Oh. It, it used to be every day, not every day anymore. But like now, it's starting to. I think about that's not gonna happen again. Well, honestly, yeah. later in October when we go to Australia, yeah. we're winning
2: because I, honestly, I have that feeling again. This if coming I, year, you mean? I, it's coming back. Yeah, yeah okay. that feeling, that like grief of losing, like is starting mm-hmm. to creep back in because yeah. I, I'm like. We're using it as motivation because we oh, have we're, to. We're going back to the World Cup coming up and uh, later this year in October. And um, we're, you know, we're ready. We're, uh, like, yeah. All,
1: all right. So you play for CNY, which I'm guessing sounds like a New York team, right? Yeah. We're you know, in Syra- based
2: out of Syracuse.
1: Got it. That's and then you New also West play North for New York. Central New York, good. Okay. So, but then you also play for team USA, right? That's what you're mm-hmm. telling me. Yeah. How many people are on the squad? How do you get together in practice? Like it's May right now, end of May, early June as we're recording. Like, walk me through the logistics of that. Cause you know, I'm gonna bring this back up on the screen. Number one, I'm looking at a price tag on the bottom. These things are ten grand. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, and then logistically no yeah. logistically, these are not <laughs> small. So how does this work do you get together as a these team are, and then these are our game chairs
2: too we don't we don't spend time in them other than on the court oh, yeah. so we also
1: you've got to travel with... with two of them yeah, I'm not thinking about with...
2: that. Yeah, wow. yeah it's intense uh, so yeah we play for team USA um, like we said there's four people on the court at once uh, and uh, currently there's 10 individuals uh, ten athletes on team USA uh, That's crazy out of the whole country yeah, yeah. wow um, okay keep so, going there's about 50 clubs or so, maybe a few more than that. Um, that. I think 50 to 60 clubs in the U S. So that means, yeah, like 200, 300 players, athletes. Um, There's 10 of us that play for team USA currently. Um, And after we have a training camp coming up in July. And after that, they're actually going to be the final world cup roster is actually at eight. So um, we haven't made the final. uh, We we're still waiting to uh, make the final roster for travel. Uh, which, um, uh, you know, it's going to take a lot of focus and everybody is at a very similar level and, um, we're, we're all on the same team and we're competing for spots, but, but there's only one focus with us. It's when it's, uh, you know, beating England, beating France, beating all the big teams in wow. the world. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, it's exciting. It's nerve wracking. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so, so we have 10 of us, we travel, um, we have to fly mostly um you know the, depending on where it is like there's there's groups of us right like uh drew and i are, are he's not in syracuse now but drew and i are from syracuse um, there's there's a big contingent of power soccer in indianapolis or outside around indy uh indiana there's like a that was like the unofficial hub of power soccer for the past decade or so um more than that probably 20 years Um, and then there's, uh, a good group of players in Minnesota as well. Um, so our, we just had a non U S camp. It was like, we called it elite athlete training where essentially all of us on the team uh, got together together to play. Um, but we're part of, uh, U S soccer's extended national team program. Um, so we, you know, we wear the U S soccer shield and we have funding from, from U S soccer, which is, Amazing. I mean, before before this uh, World Cup team, the athletes were responsible for funding everything. You know, That's we had to raise We had to pay for our flights, hotels, everything. It was it was crazy. So it was like you know, be a full time athlete, but also you have to fund yourself. Fundraise. Also, you have a life outside of power soccer too, and it was it was a lot. And honestly, it's been an incredible journey. Now that we're part of the extended national team. Um, they are super well organized. They they take care of logistics. We literally send them our like contact info, our travel info, and they book everything for us. They tell us when to be at the airport and um, it's when so um, easy. It's so it's nice. Totally it's, we can't even like or just you know, it's so exciting to be a part of it. We like feel like legit athletes, you know, like big yeah, time Yeah, good. Because people mm-hmm. like the first camp, we were in Rome, Georgia for the first camp and Uh, We're staying at this beautiful hotel um, in this like old old timey town in Georgia, and uh, came a knock on our door after the first day of training, and um, they're like, "We're here to pick up your laundry," and we're like, "Why? What what do you mean? Like, we're gonna do your laundry for you?" It's like, "What? How much do we owe you?" And they're like, "No, we're doing your laundry. Just give it to us." It's like, it was so (laughs) so real, honestly. Like, and like you know, food is incredible. Like, all the food is covered. Everything. It's it's a really powerful experience to have as an athlete with a disability who's never really um, had that before. But has all, like we all all feel like you know accomplished athletes that are sure, uh, yeah. of our game, but we've never had that extra piece of it that really kind of puts the puts the chair yeah. on the top. And uh, one the one thing that really I was like, wow,
0: were USA athletes was when. We got to we got to Rome, Georgia. We we got to the hotel. Got up. I went to the front desk. I said my name, and the lady gave me my key card. It was like, wait a minute! All I had to do was say my name. Like yeah. there's no you know no payment nothing. I was like, I'm Andrew Cunningham. She was like, all right, here you go. Welcome it was like you. that was you know again beforehand we do we did all that ourselves and like man they are they making this too easy for us no they're, they're, <laughs> they're but yeah it, it's a, they're doing a
1: really really good job so so talk about the people around talk about like you know the community that's around the team the other people I when mean, you're talking about a bunch of you know a bunch of people making a roster of 10 spots like this this feels like it's I mean you said there was like you know, 40 clubs, 50 clubs around the country.
2: 50 or 60, yeah.
1: It feels like you're doing a really specific thing at a crazy, crazy high level. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a community around that? Like, do you got, you know, I mean, you have to know everybody. With 60 clubs, you're pretty much going to know everybody, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty tight-knit community. Um, And, um, you know, some people are more social than others, but it it is usually a big social affair getting together. We get, uh, get, you know, maybe uh, when we're really going for club stuff, you know, we get maybe two or three tournaments before nationals um, where you're going to see clubs from around the country. Um, But usually it's regional stuff. You know, we play, there's, there's teams in new England. So we'll travel there a couple of times. We might go out to Indy like once a year uh, other than for nationals. So it is really nice because you form uh, friendships and relationships with people from all over the place. And Mm -hmm. um, it's just special because um, we're all athletes with disabilities and and we know um, we know that we're there to compete but uh we we all lead different and interesting lives like all 10 athletes on team usa you know they're uh either you know in in uh four-year college programs out of four-year college programs we have some very very
0: smart people on team USA. yeah for sure and me and Kayden are
2: neither of
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> hey we have four-year
2: degrees so you come on
1: so let's talk about, let's talk about life away from, you know, rocket league and soccer. Like, what do you like, talk about what you guys do outside of those things, because being a full-time athlete, there's gotta be, and then, right. So yeah. like, what, what do you guys do outside?
2: Yeah. Um, for me, I, I love, um, uh, I'm a big fan of like, um, uh, live music, uh, and, uh, a bit of a foodie, um, much to the chagrin of my waistline. Um, so going out and eating some food and seeing some music, uh, I have some really good friends that are awesome musicians in Syracuse, so I'll get out, get out and see them play. And then there's some really cool regional, like, bigger-level um, acts that come through this area, too. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, you know, just um, um, love seeing the arts. And, yeah, go ahead.
1: Sy- Syracuse, I've been out a few times. One of my, my best friend's uh, sister went to school there, so I visited oh. Syracuse University. And um, no matter where we started, Syracuse is the only place I've ever been in my entire life where you go from point A – to point a and you you go uphill the entire time like we go from her house to a bar and from the yeah. bar back to her house and somehow we went uphill and it's usually it's usually snowing too and so. it was always snowing <laughs> and cold but the funny part i mean i went to school at st bonaventure so it's in western <laughs> new york it wasn't central new york but you see you know college students going out to bars and you never wear a coat because you're gonna lose it right yeah. so you're walking through these upstate new york winters Freezing your face off, but you like you suck it up because yeah. I mean, so yeah. So Syracuse just has brutal winters. Drew, what about you? Outside, outside of Rocket League, outside of the gaming and, and being an athlete, what's your thing? I see you a guitar know, um, in the background.
0: Yeah, I'll, again, like Megan, I'm a big music person as well. So you know, I'll try to go to as many concerts I that I can go to,
2: um, with you know, budget wise. Yeah, it adds up. He's been going to Red Rocks lately, too, so it's like, damn. Not a bad place to see a show. Yeah, best thing in the world for him. If
0: if you've never been to Red Rocks, you have to. It is, I mean, it's incredible. But, yeah, you know, big music person. I also just, you know, like to hang out with friends. I mean, honestly, it's not... Not the most exciting, but, like, I just, you know, listen to music, hang out with friends, go outside, get food in places. You know, one thing I realized about moving to Colorado is that the food in Colorado is nowhere near as good as it is in New York.
1: Really? Okay.
0: But, it's, I mean, it's not, like, poor. It's not bad food. It's just,
1: like... it's is it too healthy? Just,
0: no, it's just... <laughs> Where, i mean it's it's in the middle of the country there's literally no lakes around so like there's no fresh sea, seafood there's no no it's just not, it's just different um yeah. but you know on top of that the last thing i'll mention is i'm also still i' am in, in school so you know that kind of stuff that, that takes a back seat to everything but yeah I, i'm in school <laughs> i mean it's summer right now but um
2: Right. I'm what are patient,
0: you
1: studying?
0: In? Uh, biochemistry.
1: So an easy, like a layup major. Good. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Super easy. Right. Simple.
0: Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm actually bachelor. I'm, yeah. Right. I'm majoring in biochemistry, and I have a minor in astronomy. So it's pretty
2: simple.
1: Yeah. Those are layup majors. What did you uh, What did you study, Peyton?
2: Bachelor of arts in uh, psychology. So I was really trying to not take any math courses. I yeah. succeeded. Did really well with not taking math. So. That's uh, a way to that, do it yeah, that's pretty much it for me.
1: So, so with an audio, I, I I started this episode sort of off talking about how I, I kind of met you through the Logitech program. And then it went back to that meeting. I was like, dude, we got two, how cool is this? Like we got two guys in the wheelchair, you know, USA wheelchair soccer team, power wheelchair soccer team. And they were like, Half the group was like, cool. Half the group was like, what? Didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. This audience that I usually talk to is physical therapists, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I always like to talk to people downstream of physical therapists. Mm-hmm. Talking to other physical therapists is cool, right? But people who have, are around – like, you can't ask a PT most of the time what makes a good PT. You ask someone who, who utilizes PTs yeah. or knows PTs, right? Or, you know. For sure. So what would you want an audience of physical therapists – to know about people in your community, people in your world. This is a, a niche of adaptive athletes, either electronic or in your case with USA soccer being, you know, high speed, you know, banging around with these cage devices, right? Yeah. It's a real thing. What should PTs know? Like kind of educate us a little bit.
2: You know, I think um, you just flashed the, the strike force wheelchair up on the screen. Uh, this was designed by an athlete with a disability. This is really that's designed cool designed by someone that played power wheelchair soccer and knew exactly what it was going to take to perfect the the game you know um, and i think that uh lived experience is something that is uh, being like a term that's being thrown around more and more in uh, in academia and in, in uh clinical um places um and i think that's super important you know um uh, people who listen to the uh, to the individuals that they work with are gonna just have so much more success um, and, and work collaboratively together as well. So I think that's my main point is just, you know, to listen to the people you work with, listen to their families, uh, try to base what you do for them on what the family likes to do. Like I, I've worked a long time alongside a developmental pediatrician in, um, you know, community spaces when it comes to, um, when it comes to disability and like how to get people out into the community more, uh, whether it 's through recreation, whether you know it's through design of communities, whatever it is um, and it you know the best way to help individuals to help families the best way to help families is to help communities um, so just listening to people and learning what they like to do and trying to tailor it to that you know PTs are so good at breaking things down um, based on like what movement it takes to drive your wheelchair a certain way, or, you know, you like to paint. What is that going to take for arm strength or whatever? Um, yeah. So that's, that's my advice.
1: All I heard you say was listen and, and, and don't, maybe don't open your mouth until you like really understand what the person was saying and what, what, you know, what what goes into it or what they want to get out of it. I mean, the fact that like this chair was designed by the person who like, knew what it was like there was obviously a chair design before this that just wasn't cutting it, and this person was like, Get out, of, just move out of the way because I know what it needs to look like or do yeah. and i'm a, I'm just gonna do it myself,
2: yeah yeah exactly
1: yeah. yeah drew what what what's your lesson what would you want p t s um, to know
0: i haven't done physical therapy in a few years, but I did it so there was a physical therapist at my school district and there was only one. So, but I was the only one that needed physical therapy in my school district. So, you know, we would, it was once a week from first grade until I graduated high school,
1: Wow, get okay. physical
0: therapy. And, you know, it wasn't anything special. It was just, you know, I would stand up, see how long I can stand, you know, That's when I could walk, I would, you know, walk up and down the hallways. Um, well, I think the biggest thing Peyton already said is just listen. Like, you don't. People with disabilities, their body is so messed up that, no offense. I mean, me. I'm I'm mainly talking about myself personally. Also, Peyton's face is kind of ugly. Thank but, you. Um, Thank you.
2: Couple more beers, Drew. I'll like, start looking real pretty. But, um,
0: you know, for myself, I, you know, know what I, I can do. I know what I can't do. I know my limits. I know, you know, maybe I could try this. So, like, just listening to the person you're helping, I mean, that's, like, the biggest thing that I can think of. Another thing is, like, don't be too serious about it, like, just. You know, have fun. You know, make some jokes along. If you're too serious about, you know, you know, physical therapy and you have to do this, this and that, and like if you don't do this, you're gonna lose strength and all this stuff. It just it's so it gets demoralizing very quickly. And again, for me, I knew that doing physical therapy, like it wasn't gonna make me walk again. Like. I, I knew that wasn't gonna happen. It was just—I I was in the hospital for a month straight, and I lost all the strength in my legs. Like, I knew like doing physical therapy was not gonna make me walk again. But at the same time, if I could stand for a little bit and then a little bit more, I could still like I you know you don't want to lose everything. So one, you know, I, I lost, I lost the ability to walk. I can still stand, and I, I, I didn't want to lose that. So during physical therapy, I told um, the person who I was working with, I was like, "All right, you know, I just don't want to lose the ability to stand because standing helps a lot with a lot of things. It, like, you may not think about it, but it does." So I just, that's kind of like the, I just, just listen to the person you're helping. They know like what they're going to need. They know like the limits that their body is going to be able to go to. And they also know that, you know, most likely like physical therapy isn't going to be able to cure their disability. Like, it's not like, It's it's more of a, you know, helping that person not lose anything else.
1: I I feel like he did this on purpose as he got right to the end, the climax. I know. I was like, what? The most
2: important thing I'm going to say is.
1: All right. So away from there he is. Drew's back. All right. So I feel like you left us on a cliffhanger.
0: I don't even know what I would, what was I saying? (laughs) I, I, I can, I can, I continue talking and then my screen went, went blank.
1: So you, you were right. I mean, really what I heard you say is you both, you're, you're both reiterating, listen, pay attention to the human in front of you. Yeah. Ask them, ask them and then listen to what they're saying is important to them and then tailor what you're doing to them and what's important to them. Yeah. You know, exactly. my background in communications is is a lot, which is like, hey, if you want to people to understand what you do, make sure that they are the hero in the story and not you. Right. Mm-hmm. The PT shouldn't mm-hmm. be the hero in someone's story. They should be the Yoda. I mean, if I yeah. want to use the, the Star Wars metaphor, which yeah. is. Yeah, man, I'll listen to Yoda all day because Yoda knows how to take me from where I am to become a Jedi. Yeah. Whatever Jedi is, right? Whatever your mm-hmm. weird, whatever your thing is, right? Yeah. And and but but, but you have to listen and then then react a- a- appropriately and accordingly. Exactly. To.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 Cool. All right, we do uh, we do a thing on the show. It's called Three Questions. Are you guys ready to do uh, Three Questions? Here we go. Let's do it. Three questions. Uh, on the show is brought to you by our friends from Jackson Therapy. Uh, decide where your PT career is going to take you. Be a travel physical therapist. Your PT license will take you wherever you want to go. They provide awesome adventures in patient care for physical therapists who care about where they're going. Jackson Therapy Partners, JacksonTherapy.com. First question is a what question, right? So, uh, sorry, it's a who question. Who who should Who is someone the audience should know and should follow to learn more about the stuff, anything that we talked about today? Teamwork, the community, paying attention to, to the person in front of you. It, it's a chance for you to sort of shout somebody out and say they do great work. So is there somebody out there that, that comes to mind, a who that you want to highlight?
2: Um, well, I think I put a different answer, but I'm going to say um, Cole Galloway uh, does some really cool stuff. I believe you actually have met Cole. Um, buddy, he's one day. of my buddies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cole's a great dude. Um, and um, doing some really cool uh, work around um, power mobility, early access to power mobility. Um, I'm a pretty unique situation when it comes to uh, being a wheelchair user. I actually started using a chair at two years old, which is like super That's young. crazy young. Yeah, yeah. super young. Um, most most kids don't have access to a chair until you know four, five, six years old even. Um, yeah, and and all the PTs listening know how important motor function is and, and movement can be, uh, not just for social, emotional health, but just physical and just everything. everything going on. Um, it's really important to be able to move independently. And I think that, uh, the program go baby go, which I don't know if Cole's directly related to now, but he,
1: Oh, he started it. Yeah. He was like, yeah.
2: Um, but go baby go, which is, uh, they adapt, uh, they adapt toys essentially to become power mobility devices for young kids that um, insurance companies aren't aren't quite ready to uh, purchase power chairs for. Um, so definitely want to give a shout out to to Cole, but also to the to that idea of uh, of how important movement can be for people and how restrictive it can be for people with disabilities. So um, yeah, that's my shout out.
1: Yeah, Cole Cole kind of went Robin Hood on it, where he was like, "Listen, if if this insurance company's not going to pay for this, if I handed someone five hundred bucks and said." Go nuts in a Home Depot and a Toys R Us. What would you, because that's, that's off the shelf, man. And then, you know, have you ever been involved with a go with a build? Have you ever done one of those? Yeah, we hosted,
2: uh, we hosted, uh, we invited Cole and a few others um, from um, just kind of all around the country to Syracuse in October last year. And we did a, like a three-day summit in Syracuse based on, we called it building mobility um, in Syracuse and beyond. And it was all about different ways to access mobility and how kids move and how communities can help um, foster movement and mobility uh, through teamwork. So When
1: well, you listen to Cole talk about it and he gets real deep cause this is his jam, but he's like, oh, yeah. you know, movement cycles and social, you know, social mobility, social yeah. proprioception and understanding, you know, yeah. and I've done some builds and you watch the kids. All they want to do is go. The parents yeah. get super emotional. I tell people all the time, we got to get Kleenex to sponsor this cause yeah, of parents are like, a yeah. wet, they're just like, there's just a sprinkler system in the corner. The kids are like, whatever. I'm leaving. But a lot of times, it's the first time the kid, the child, has been more than 20 feet away from the, the parent. Yeah, like, and moving yeah, on their yeah. own. It's like you don't think about that. But now the kid's banging into things, and, I had, and that's
2: great. Our first, uh, our we did a build uh, where we invited uh, medical students and uh, high school students that were interested in like PT, STEM, and uh, yeah, yeah, STEM, STEM kids to to do builds. And then we had we had families come in um, with kids with disabilities to try. And, like, the first girl, um, that she was, like, this little, like, you know two- or three-year-old um, who had pretty profound disabilities, but she was able to work her car right away. First thing that happened, she just, you know, full speed right into the back of my wheelchair. It was Man. amazing. I was just like, she's going to be a power soccer player soon. Correct.
1: You no know, wait. She's got to work on her spacing, though. Yeah. Drew, what, what, who, who's your who? Is there someone out there that, like, you, you know, in your world and your yeah. community just does good stuff?
0: I, there definitely is. 100%. I just don't really know who you
1: think. You know not, when it'll come to you? It'll come to you five minutes after we're done recording. That's yeah, well,
0: um, I mean, back in Syracuse, I mean, I can, I mean, there's a bunch of doctors that have, you know, helped who are, they, they're doctors, but they're also PT people as well. Um, yeah. Who just, who did you know, great work to help me, you know, either when I was sick or just whatever. Um, since moving out to Colorado, you know, I haven't done physical therapy out here. Um so I uh, I mean I they're, they're it is hundred percent great people out here in Boulder. Um again I just don't I I can't put a name That's to hard. it. But the, I will the, the people the people I will shout out is um, Boulder Community Health. okay It's a hospital here in Boulder about seven five to seven minutes away from where I live. and they saved my life a few months ago. Um, I went I I went to the hospital back in, March with very severe pneumonia and um, they, you know, they, you know, did everything they could. They helped me to, you know, start the process of getting out from the bed back into my wheelchair, sitting in my wheelchair for an extended period of time. Um, just, you know, those basic things that one year in the hospital for, two weeks straight Big laying deal. in bed. It's a lot harder than you think it
1: is. yeah.
0: I mean, I remember the first day they got me, they were like, all right, we're going to try to get you sitting up in bed, and get you into your wheelchair for 30, 45 minutes if you can handle that. And, you know, I sat up, I'm connected to all these things. I got my wheelchair and, you know, just from sitting up and getting into my wheelchair, I'm like, you know, I gasping for air. Sure. I'm exhausted. And it's like, I started, you know, I was sitting there, I'm like, I, I started like tearing up a little. It, it was so difficult just to get from my bed to my wheelchair, which was less than a foot away. It was like mad. This better not stay this way because sure. that was horrible. Um, but they, they, you know, they did a great job of, you know, not making me get in from bed into my wheelchair every day, but like recommending that I should at least try to sit up in bed and get in my chair every, once a day just to give that strength back. And I'm glad they did because um yeah i i'm back to you know what i was before so they they did a really amazing job with you know not just treating the pneumonia but with um treating like helping me regain you know strength in my you know pretty much everything my legs arms stuff like that so true true is in the hospital for almost a week a week over a week it was, I was in the hospital for two weeks. Two was, weeks. Wow. I was, I was sedated, I was sedated for the first like six days. I, I don't even, I don't, I don't remember going to the hospital. I don't remember being like my brother, like my whole, my dad. I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole story. It was bad. Like the doctor gave my dad, and he was like, there's a 30, 40% chance he's not making it out of this hospital. So like, it was, that's all, that's all I'll say. It was bad. My wow. dad called my whole family. He called Peyton.
2: He called all my
0: friends. So,
2: so, yeah, that, like, didn't sleep. That like Drew's like laid up in the hospital. I'm like, you know, I was in Syracuse just like, I need to fly out there. Like couldn't sleep or anything like that. Um, finally, you know, get the text like Drew's home. He's resting. We're, we're like, we're at in the clear and like first night that I had slept in like, you know, however many days and i wake up in the morning i get it i had a text waiting for me from drew at like you know 12:30 in the morning it's like rocket league question <laughs> mark <laughs> like is he terminator like he was, was just i like, feel
1: i feel <laughs> like it's full circle right pay attention to what yeah. they what motivates people and you yeah. can get them to do stuff true true yeah uh-huh. where would you send people to find more about uh uh power wheelchair soccer like wh- you know would you want them to watch videos is there wh- what's the governing body like where would you where would you send people maybe a pt out there has someone who want to get involved like where would you like, where's the beginners yeah, gap?
2: definitely um so if it's in the u.s the uspsa is the is the governing body um in uh in the u.s and then internationally it's fifa uh, it's kind of like fifa but for right. power chairs uh, but yeah you um, you know just to introduce just type in power wheelchair soccer on youtube uh, there's going to be some really cool results you're going to see uh, games from you all over europe all over the us uh, high level play um, you can watch some highlight videos to first get people interested um, but then yeah uh, uspsa is going to have some really good resources for for you know doing demos or whatever i was actually just in jersey um, outside of new york uh, doing a demo with USPSA a few months ago now um, had some great turnout. So I'm sure there's PTs all over the place that, uh, yeah. that people that would be interested in. If there's not local programs, um, you know, uh, there, there are resources for getting, for getting equipment going and getting and getting programs started.
1: Which can be, which can yeah. be a hard first step, but it's good to note the resources yeah. are out there. Yeah. All right. Last thing we do yeah. on the show, gentlemen, is called the parting shot. Are you ready for the parting shot? Yes, sir. All right, here goes. Parting Shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy with their industry profession leading current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy. Now in it's fifth edition, wherever you are in your PT career, they can level you up. They call them the, it's like the perfect roadmap to become a better orthopedic PT. Find them at orthoPT.org. All right. So parting shot, you're each going to get your own shot. It really is your mic drop moment, your soapbox statement, whatever, whatever idea or concept you can reiterate something you already talked about or bring out something new, whatever you want to leave with the audience, Peyton, you're going to go first. What is your parting shot?
2: All right. Well, no pressure. Uh, yeah, no pressure at all. Just the full, full face cam. Um, you know, I, I think um uh, just uh be good humans, you know, talk to each other, listen, and um uh, and always uh always find a way to move. Um movement is uh really key for uh, feeling good and even if it's just uh even if it's just sitting at your desk and not looking at a screen, moving your neck around. Um uh, just uh yeah, keep moving.
1: Well said. Drew, your parting shot, what do you got for us today, man? Um,
2: well I would say
0: um Kind of a, a thing I'm, you know, everybody in, you know, my situation kind of deals with is, is kind of along the lines of pay and just You know, be a good human, be a good person. Don't judge people for, you know, what, you know, they look like. And if you see of someone in a wheelchair, don't automatically, you know, make assumptions about them. Because we're all normal people, we all just wanna live our no- our normal life and have fun. And when you know someone comes up to us and doesn't treat us like a normal human, it's it's not fun. So yeah, if you you know if you see somebody who looks a little bit different than you, oh, uh, that's all it is. Just look.
1: All right, gentlemen, I'm looking forward to October. Uh, I feel like a second or a 2.0 episode so you can catch us up. I would like to see some, maybe some YouTube or some, some video that we could you know, play. Cause I want to see you guys out there. I want to see the next action. Mm -hmm. So uh, be sure to reach out, but appreciate the time and giving us a little insight into power, uh, power soccer. And, and just the fact that I think PTs needed to know about
2: this. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Uh, You know, we'd love to, uh, have people reach out to us about Power Soccer if they if they have people yeah. that they know or want to get involved in general. Power Soccer we're always looking for volunteers. So uh, yeah, thanks.
1: All right, gentlemen. Well, yeah. they say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours. Thank you.
2: Yeah,
0: thank you.
1: we talk pt drink beer and record it this has been another pour from the pt pinecast the pt pinecast is intended for educational purposes only no clinical decision making should be based solely on one source while care is taken to ensure accuracy factual errors can be present
2: more on the show at ptpinecast.com